Hello and welcome to Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also with an office in South Florida in Fort Lauderdale covering the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade County, Broward County, and Palm Beach County, and also with an office in Ocala and Marion County. Today is Friday, December 18th, 2020. We got a huge day tomorrow, Jeffrey Melvin, and we've got a great guest to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, what's bigger than uh, Florida playing Alabama in the SEC championship? And we've got an expert on that subject, a guy who's been a personal hero of mine, Shane Matthews. I'm so honored to have you as part of this program. Well, I'm glad to be here. You know, I appreciate Melvin Law being a part of my podcast. That's right. Yeah, we both have podcasts. I understand it's your one-year anniversary coming yeah, it is. up. Here. We've been plugging away for a year. You know, Weeby Marketing that, that puts the whole thing together has done a tremendous job, and it's gotten better over the months. And uh, you know, we're gonna have bigger and better things in the future. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, how it got started, and I know it's got a huge following, over a hundred thousand uh, viewers and listeners. Yeah, it's uh, it's grown. Uh, you know, I have no background in radio or anything. Just being a former athlete, I guess when you're done playing, they kind of stick you on radio shows here and there. <laughs> they think you know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about, right? Well, obviously <laughs> does. Well, we do. We all have our own opinions, right? So, um, I did some. I do some pregame shows with Steve Russell, and then okay. postgame on Mondays after the Gators play, and did that for about six or seven years. And then uh, Freddie Weeby put together our Inside the Huddle podcast that we started last year. It was Steve Russell, myself, and Coach Spurrier a one-day deal each week. And uh, after the football season was over, Freddie kind of approached me and <laughs> said, look, you need to do your own podcast. I'm like, no, I have no background <laughs> in this. You know, I'm usually the guy that kind of just answers questions. I don't run the show. Uh, so it was rough at the beginning, but it's gotten better, and I'm a lot more comfortable doing it now. Yeah, we're, this is, what, our eighth show? It's, it's taken us a few times to work out the kinks, but we're getting there. What, what time <laughs> does the show go live? It's live on Facebook Monday through Friday from okay. 8, 8 to 9 a.m., and it's mm -hmm. on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, all that stuff okay. I don't really know much about. <laughs> uh, but I got a great group that does all of that, and so you can watch it live, and then if you can't watch it at those times, you can always go back and watch it. Yeah, from what I understand, most viewers actually watch it at some other time than the live show. Right. Yeah, you know, I think it varies. We got quite a few that I guess they, they tune in in the mornings while they're getting ready for work or what have you. And, uh, you know, we take questions and comments on Facebook. So it's, it's a lot of fun. We're going to go live eventually. <laughs> so we'll try that out. Shane, obviously, this, this is a weekend uh, tomorrow. The Florida playing Alabama once again for the SEC championship. And most Gator fans know, maybe some don't, you played, had a very pivotal role in that very first Florida-Alabama SEC championship, which was the first time ever that there had been a team versus team for a, a conference championship in Division One. correct? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, at that time, Roy Kramer was the commissioner of the SEC, and that's when that year in 92 they added South Carolina and Arkansas to the SEC to put 14 teams. So that's where they went to the East and the West divisions. Right. And they put together this, this you know, game at the end. They're called the SEC Championship game. It was being played in Birmingham. And uh, we found we weren't very good my senior year. This is in 1992. We started the year at one and two, had lost to Mississippi State and Tennessee, but we got better and uh, we won the East somehow. Mm -hmm. Of course, Alabama went undefeated, won the West. They were the number one team in America. And so we, we met Alabama in the first ever game there in Birmingham at Legion Field. And, you know, the coaches 
didn't really like this concept. It was controversial, right? Very because, controversial yes. because normally, you know, if you're the number one team in the country, mm -hmm. and especially if you win the SEC, you're penciled in to go to the Sugar Bowl. And Alabama was undefeated. And so they had to play this one extra game, another extra SEC conference game. And like I said, our record wasn't great. We had three or four losses. At I think the time. you were eight and three, but they were 11 and 0. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had us 21 to seven. And, you know, it was about 75,000 people at Birmingham and at Legion Field. Yeah, I made it worse. It's in Alabama. Right. We, we only had our little section was about 5,000 people. Right. So it was very loud. But sure. We, we came back and tied it up at 21. I remember it well. And Eric got, Brad, you had a touchdown. He to got, him and, got very and, quiet. Yeah. And then we got the ball back with about a little over two minutes, and uh, some guy threw an interception to the wrong team. And, <laughs> and uh, the Antian Antonio Langham. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, it. what's funny about that? I, you know, quarterbacks we throw a ton of interceptions in our career, whether it's high school, college ball, pro ball. Right. That is the only one in my career that was ever run back for a touchdown. Either I've made the tackle or one of my teammates always made the tackle. But they say that's the play that saved college football, believe yeah. it or not. Maybe you can explain that. Yeah, well, they did a documentary. I think it was the first documentary that ESPN 30 for 30 sure. series, and they called it the play that changed college okay. football. Because they say that if we would have won that game and upset the number one team in America, that they would have said, this is a dumb idea. We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> but – I guess the only good thing about that interception is, is now we have all these championship games around college football. Yeah, well, and for those of you that don't know, back then Alabama ruled um, the college football politics, and that's why the game was in Birmingham, Alabama, right? right? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. They only did it for two years, and then I think they thought it was smart to move to Atlanta, which, which was a really good idea. So what do you, with all your experience, I know you've been a coach and are still a coach, in fact, uh, what do you say to the Gators? Tomorrow, they're playing in Atlanta. Again, they're going to be huge underdogs. They are huge underdogs. They're, once again, much like you, all those years ago, they're playing a team that's heavily favored. What do you say to the team? Well, you just need to go out there and play your game. And, and, and we have nothing to lose. You know, uh, losing to LSU was a devastating loss, but it is what it is. got to move forward. And everybody expects Alabama to win this game, but you never know. They turn the football over, kind of how we did against LSU, sure. something uncharacteristic. Uh, you, you just never know what may happen. That's why you go play the game. But it should be a lot of fun. I think we can move the football on them. I don't know if we can stop them because they have maybe the best college offense I've ever seen. Uh, but it should be fun. There's no better atmosphere than the SEC championship game, although it'll be a little different this year with only about, what, 15,000, 16,000 people. But – uh, shoot, that's why you suit up and go play. You never know what might happen. A anything can happen. Uh, so, you know, we're, I think, a two-touchdown underdog. But like you say, turnovers happen, and uh, all of a sudden the game changes, and a couple uh, plays, and next thing you know, you're in the game. Yep. What do, you, what do you say, and maybe you have said privately, what do you say to Kyle Trask? You know, he, of course, has been in the Heisman conversation for the last several weeks. Had a little bit of an off game, although on paper it still looked pretty darn good. He threw for 474 yards against LSU, accounted for all four of the Gator touchdowns, two rushing, two by passing. What do you say to him? You know, he, of course, had that devastating interception, returned for a touchdown. What do you say to him to uh, buck up and get ready for this? Well, I mean, Kyle's going to go do what he does. He's had a phenomenal uh, year, career. You know, his story is outstanding. It is, yeah. Uh, great kid. It's just one of those games. You know, statistically, it looked great. You know, he made a couple of mistakes that, that you know, gave 10 points to LSU, but it happens. Just put it put it behind you and go play, and 
don't worry about all the Heisman hype. If you go play your game, you you, you may win it. You never know how they're going to vote anyway. Sure. You can't control it. Some of these people voting don't need to be voting. Uh, but, know. you know, he's, he's had a great career, and, you know, just, just go out and play your game. You know, Shay, it's interesting you say that because uh, Pat Dooley was on the show uh, last week, and he's one of the Heisman uh, voters, mm-hmm. and he said there were like 900 voters, and he said a lot of them don't really follow football and really don't know what they're uh, talking about. They probably that, call another voter or they look yeah, on the internet and see yeah, who they should vote for. Yeah, now Pat said he is absolutely focusing on watching two or three college games yeah. at a time on Saturday and he, he feels like he's qualified because he takes it seriously. But, uh, you know, I think the, um, you know, Alabama quarterback's going to have a good shot uh, if they win. But I think if uh, the Gators pull an upset and Trask does really well, He's going to be Anything in that conversation. No, you're exactly right. And it would not shock me if Devontae Smith, their wide receiver, doesn't win the award. Uh, he's the best player in my Oh, he's incredible, yeah. You know, but you talk about the voting. It, it was interesting in my years in the NFL because I'm a, I'm a, I, I love college football. It doesn't matter who's playing. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it. I'd rather watch Rice and TCU play than watch a Monday night football game. I just love the passion of college football. But I can't tell you how many Heisman Trophy winners that were teammates of mine in the NFL would come up to me going, uh, give me some ideas of who I should vote for. Really? Because you'd be surprised at how many guys don't watch college football, mm-hmm. that even though they played it and maybe won, and won the most prestigious award. Uh, but, yeah, I used to give them my opinions all the time. <laughs> you know what? We were talking about Pat Dooley being on a week or so ago. He said something interesting that made me think of you at the time he said it. He talked about how he came here in 1987, thought he'd only stay for maybe three or four years. Then all of a sudden, 1990 happened. And the Gators started winning with this guy from Mississippi kind of coming from the back of the pack. Most people hadn't heard of him. And all of a sudden, that first game against Oklahoma State, you take the team down the field. We're now the fun and gun. What was that first year like? Well, it was incredible. I mean, you know, I tell people a lot of times if Coach Spurrier doesn't come here, heck, I I may have been in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually, if they had had it back then, I probably would have transferred. But my parents didn't want me to. Um, But, yeah, it was uh, – he changed my entire career. I mean, I got an opportunity to play three years for him and then play 14 years in the league. And uh, But, yeah, that, that first game, you know, he caught a lot of grief from the Bull Gators around the state for announcing a kid to be the starting quarterback who never taken a college sure. snap. And, uh, but, you know, he and I think a lot alike. And uh, it just worked out well. And like you said, that Oklahoma State game, we score you – know, 50 five, to 7, I think, was 50, the score. Yeah. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. We score in the first uh, five plays of the game. And uh, – the rest was kind of history. Well, tell me what it's like, uh, you know, having Spurrier as your coach for three years. What, what was the, the, the <laughs> dynamics? You know, I mean, you were, you were what, 18, 19-year-old kid, and you have this, you know, Heisman Trophy winner and legend and stuff. Well, what, what's interesting is, you know, and I, and I grew up in an Ole Miss family. My dad played at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, they thought I was going to go there. Archie was Archie Manning was his quarterback, so Archie was my hero. But when, when I was here at Florida – you know, there was nothing in the south end zone locker rooms. There were no tro- Heisman trophies. There were no pictures. When Steve Spurrier got hired, I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, and I'm a, I was a huge football fan. Uh, so I, I learned a lot about him. And then, you know, he and I think a lot alike. Uh, he's a coach that, that strives for perfection, but he understands 
it's impossible to play the quarterback position and, and be perfect. He knows you're going to make I mistakes. I know one thing he brought was tempo, at least on that first drive. I remember it. No huddle. Every play. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, he was way ahead of times when he mm-hmm. got here. The SEC didn't know what to do. Uh, but just his his the way he taught things was what was what mm-hmm. was really cool to me. He explained it, and then he would coach it. It, it was a very complicated system, but very simple. He made it easy. And, uh, you know, there's some coaches out there that have these complicated systems, and they keep them complicated. But his was very, very simple, and it was very quarterback-friendly. Well, a lot of folks say that, you know, he changed the face of college football. Oh, he did, for sure. Uh, and that, you know, you were, you know, his quarterback doing it. So that really is kind of uh, a special moment in uh history of college football you know what are your perspectives on that well he definitely changed the the way the sec was played and it took a lot of people a long time to catch up with him uh you know i I was i was blessed to be his first quarterback and his only quarterback he never benched Uh, (laughs) i don't know if that's because there was nobody behind me worth a darn to put in the game but i you know, the my first three years, you know, that 90 team is very special to him. I'm sure. It is to me as well. We laid the foundation for what came after us. It had been kind of cool to be able to come in about the fifth or sixth year he was coaching here because he did a tremendous job, you know, recruiting and getting all these great players in there, and we'd had a chance to win a national title. Because that's every kid's goal. Well, like he said, then I, when, when he when he left, he said, well, the other teams are out here now throwing that ball around the ballpark too. <laughs> so he, he really changed that uh, three yards in a cloud of dust mentality to where now Tennessee, of course, with Peyton and others, and other teams were throwing the ball around. And you had a lot to do with setting that. Well, well yeah, I mean, I think people, I mean, he was blowing people out. And they had to do something to change, you know, Herschel and Bo Jackson, you know, right and left. And, you know, even before he got here, it was Emmett right, Emmett left. Emmett right, Emmett left. You know, you had to get the quarterback involved. (laughs) We've got to take a break, but we'll be right back with Shane Matthews. Great episode, Jeffrey. And uh, again, you're watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law, a statewide law firm. Been practicing in Gainesville now in its sixth, sixth decade of operations, started in the early 70s. We also have an office in Fort Lauderdale covering the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade County, Broward, and Palm Beach. And we also have an office in Ocala. Take a look at our website, www.meldenlaw.com. Our primary practice areas are personal injury cases and also criminal defense cases. We'll be right back with Gator legends Shane Matthews. The Melden Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life? I was in a truck accident. Because of the accident, I've resulted in three back surgeries. We saw advertisements on TV, and guess who popped up more often than that? It was Jeffrey. The communication that he provided was so appreciative that he shows his compassion as a human. He assisted us in achieving one of our dreams, the acquisition of a home, and we're here today with smiles on our face with the assistance from Jeffrey. Hello, and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends, the service of Melden Law. Today is Friday, December 18th, 2020. 
The day before the big SEC championship game, Florida Gators versus Alabama Crimson Tide. Jeffrey, um, it's, it's a great episode today. We've got another Gator great. We had the head ball coach a couple of weeks ago. We had Pat Dooley, writer extraordinaire. This is getting pretty cool. I think we're doing great. <laughs> you know, I want to thank our producer, Freddie Weeby, for uh, helping us put all this together. And doing this podcast has turned out to be a blast. It, it really has been. And uh, Freddie was telling us that I think the one with the head ball coach We've got well over 30,000 views, maybe a lot more. We want to remind everybody, oh, he's gesturing to me, 50,000. Is that right? 50,000 yeah. views. How about that? And we urge you to watch us on Facebook, at the Melden Law Facebook page. We're also on many other platforms uh, for audio only. We're on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, a number of other things. And YouTube. And YouTube, also on YouTube. But please take a look at the Facebook page first. And uh, we so much appreciate all of you who've been following us. And pretty soon, we're going to have a subscription type thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to make it easy for uh, uh, everyone to follow us every week because we really are going to have some phenomenal guests. And it's not just sports folks. It's going to be a little bit of everything. And that's why we call it Melvin Law and Friends. Whoever we happen to know around the community, we say, come on down, we you do. know, hang out for a while. So, so Shane, again, I've got to say at the risk of sounding like a fanboy, I'm just so excited you're here. I, I am so honored. You're a personal hero of mine because I know I'm just one of many, many Gator fans. I was in my early 30s, you know, when you first came or you first became the starting quarterback, I should say. And just turned everything around. Uh, between you and, and Coach Spurrier, I know I speak for so many people who are in Gator Nation worldwide that uh, you really were part of just getting this whole thing changed. But I know you're giving it back now. You've been a coach for several years. So let's talk about you as a coach. Well, I, I coached my son. Once I d was done playing ball in 06, I did all the flag football, the t-ball, all that stuff. And I also, even did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And then I, yeah. I started being a volunteer coach at, at Buholtz in Gainesville High. I got to call the plays for several years. Uh, had the all-time leading passer at Buholtz, Jackson White, who his dad was a coach here under Urban Brian White, went on to Marshall. Uh, he's actually now a coach at South Carolina, well, was a coach at South Carolina. I don't know if he's still there or not. And then I was fortunate to coach my son at Gainesville High, who's the all-time leading passer there, who's now a redshirt freshman at Florida. So uh, Who looks exactly like you. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately he didn't get my same, height. Same number, yeah. same haircut. Yeah. I look at him in the program, I said, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, no I'm, doubt who his father is. Yeah, he, he, he's a good kid, had a great high school career, and uh, loves playing uh, for Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson and being a part of the Gator program. And I think we'd be remiss to say, for those who don't know, Shane played 14 years in the National Football League. So, for the viewers who may not know, let's talk about a few of your stops in the NFL. Well, somehow played 14 years. You know, the average <laughs> career of an NFL guy is like two and a half years. So uh, I beat the system somehow. I was in Chicago for four years, went to Carolina for two, back to Chicago for three, mm -hmm. Washington one year with Coach Spurrier. Then I went to Cincinnati for a year, Buffalo for two years. And my last year in 06 was with Saban down in Miami. So wow, <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't play a whole lot. I, only, I think I started 35 games in 14 years. So uh, I'm Still, pretty, that's pretty, a solid career. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I wouldn't change, it, change a thing. Well, let me ask you, Shane, what were uh, your perspectives on the different coaches in the uh, NFL you worked at? Who, who did you like the best, the least, you know, uh, things like that? 
Guys, that's a great question. I mean, I enjoyed my time uh, in Washington. Coach Spurrier and I butted heads a little more than we, at, at the professional level than we did in college. Well, you even had Danny <laughs> Werfel for a, for a quarterback yeah. one year there, too. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I enjoyed that. And then probably my two favorite years were in Buffalo with Mike Malarkey, former Gator. Right. Who was the Tied coach. Yeah. You know, he was, he was a great coach because at, at that most of the time, my kids would come up wherever city I played in they would come up at the end of training camp, the end of August, go to school wherever mm-hmm. it was until Thanksgiving, then come back to Gainesville and go to school. Mm-hmm. So they loved it because I played in all these damn cold weather cities. So they got <laughs> to experience snow. Well, later in my career, you know, it's always that, that point where you think you're not going to play anymore. So you get that last call, like the last preseason game. Well, Mar- Malarkey signed me the last preseason game. And I was like, look. I don't have a place to live. So I lived out of a hotel by the Buffalo airport, <laughs> but he let me fly home back to Gainesville after every game on Sunday, regardless of where it was in the country. He said, just be back for the 8 a.m. Wednesday team meeting. So it was great. So I did that for two great years. Gig. Yeah. You know, a lot, some coaches do that. Some don't. But, he, he, you know, I'd been in the league for 12 years, so he didn't really care as long as I showed up on time. What was the best team you played? And then I played for pro- some bad teams. Like really bad teams, but I played. Well, uh, I went to the um, not the NFC Championship game, but the, the the game before the NFC Championship game with the Bears. Okay, we lost to the Eagles, but that was the year the Eagles went and played the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl in Jacksonville. Well, that's amazing because fourteen years is um, almost a record. I mean, there's some, there's just a few players that play more than seven or eight years, and when you get to ten or twelve or fourteen years. Uh, that's um, amazing. What? And, you know, I, I think, you know, you were um, uh, a special player. I know that uh, the coaches had confidence in you as a backup quarterback in the event that their star quarterback, you know, uh, got injured or didn't uh, do well. So how did you deal with that role, knowing that you were oftentimes the backup quarterback? Well, I, yeah, I was pretty much a backup my entire career. But, you know, when you get to that level, you got to understand it's a business. So, if they draft a kid in the first round, he's going to be playing no matter mm-hmm. what you've done. And, you know, I was fortunate back then. I don't anymore. But I had a – I don't know if I had a photographic memory, but I was one who never had to study their playbook. When, you know, when they install the plays like the first couple of days of training camp, once I saw the play and the coaches on the board writing what everybody's responsibility is, I knew exactly what everybody had to do and never had to look at it again. And so I think that's why my – the way my mind worked when it came to football and play calling and understanding concepts. That's why the coaches trusted me and kept me on rosters because the backup gets no work. You stand around, your back hurts mm-hmm. from standing all day. And it's just, you're like an extra coach. So with me being able to learn a playbook literally in like an hour, I think that allowed me to play 14 Any years. particular memory you have of having to come off the bench quickly, abruptly, because somebody went down and jumped into a situation? Well, that did happen, but the, 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 the strangest thing that happened to me was the year I was telling you that I thought I was retiring, this was in 04, mm. and I got the, the call from the Buffalo Bills because Drew Bledsoe was their starter, but he, got, he tweaked an ankle or something in the third preseason game, and so they needed another quarterback. So the last preseason game, before the regular season start is always on a Thursday night. They fly me in on Wednesday. <laughs> I go through the walkthrough, and then they go, you're starting tomorrow night. 
<laughs> I go, what? You know, I hadn't really thrown a ball in like five months. And so I got their playbook and I basically had about 15 plays. I said, okay, these are the ones that you can call. And, and they used their terminology. I had to learn their terminology real quick. Uh-huh. But I, it was like, I take that play and in my mind, I would think, okay, it's this play. This is what we ran at Florida. This is how they call it at Buffalo. But that was the strangest thing. I mean, I flew in, didn't know anybody on the team. <laughs> And didn't even know their snap count. Wow. I just went on. The, we had to play at Detroit, so I just went on the silent snap count where you raise your leg out of the shotgun. Uh-huh. And uh, actually That's, played pretty well. All right, a better preseason game. Well, I think we should also <laughs> mention that you certainly have been recognized for your achievements, particularly here at Florida. You have been inducted into the UF Athletic Hall of Fame, obviously very deserved, and also you've been inducted into the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame, uh, given the success you had in those games. I remember that. 90 team, you guys came out and you beat the pants off Georgia pretty good. Yeah, um, you know, I, I went into, I think you can't go into the UF Hall of Fame until you're out for 10 years. So I, I think I went in in 2002. It was pretty cool. It was a great event. I mean, it's, it's an honor that it's, it's one of the greatest of all that I've had my entire life. The Florida Georgia Hall of Fame, Coach Spurrier, you know, they, they do two Florida guys and two Georgia guys each year. Coach Spurrier and I were the first ones to go in for Florida. I don't remember what year it was. Wow. I, I didn't get to experience that because they did it. I was playing at the time. Okay. So I didn't get to go to the banquet or to the to the Florida-Georgia game. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Florida-Georgia rivalry has been very important. So let, let's remind the viewers and our listeners who are on the audio pod part of the podcast where they can watch your – it's a daily podcast, right? Yeah, Monday through Friday. It's uh, called Pot Up with Matthews in the Morning. And uh, you can check it out on Facebook anytime. We're live from 8 to 9. And then uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And, you know, Meldon Law, the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Yes, we are. Thank you for reminding us to say that. Big sponsor (laughs) for our show. We appreciate it. We're very proud to announce that uh, we finally, uh, you know, have, uh, ink the deal, and ink we the are the only. No, we we've been doing this for a few weeks, the, but sorry. The only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and really uh, having spent my whole adult life in Gainesville, it's a great honor to be uh, uh, to be chosen by the Florida Gators to uh, partner with them and to give back to our community in many ways. You know, at the game uh, last Saturday, with all that fog and everything. I couldn't see all the plays going on in the field, but I sure could see Melden Law. We won't back down <laughs> on the electronic board. Again, you have been watching and are watching Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law with offices in Gainesville and also in South Florida, covering the entire South Florida area, uh, Miami-Dade County, Broward and Palm Beach, and also in Marion County. Gator Nation is everywhere, and Melden Law is so proud to be part of that. Take a look at us on the World Wide Web at www.meldenlaw.com or give us a call anytime, toll free, wherever you are, 800-373-8000. Shane, thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a real honor for hey, us. Hey, I appreciate the invite. It's been a lot of fun. Okay. Well, look at, we look forward to having you again, <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. And, and hopefully things will work out tomorrow. You never know. You never know. You it's never know. The game. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for watching. I was driving behind a lady, and very suddenly she moved out of the way. There was a log laying in the road, and when I hit my brakes, I went on top of the log. I had two herniated discs. I just haven't been the same since. Jeffrey Melden fought for me all the way. Him and his team really went there for me. Throughout the whole lawsuit, he made sure that my bills was paid. It was never no 
whenever I called him and asked him for something. And I was in an accident. Someone ran red light and hit me, and I was hurt. You don't know where to turn. Luckily, I called Jeffrey. These big insurance companies, they don't want you to win. They truly don't. But Jeffrey and his firm and the people that work here, they just really fight for you. You call the law offices of Jeffrey Belden because you're going to need help, and they will help you. Being a client at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe with him. Hello and welcome back to Melden Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Melden Law, a statewide law firm with its primary office in Gainesville and also covering the entire South Florida area. We have an office in Fort Lauderdale covering the Tri-County, Miami-Dade County, Broward County, and Palm Beach County. And of course, we also have our office in Marion County in Ocala. Today is Friday, December 18th. And uh, Jeffrey, we've had a great show so far, and we've got some pretty cool guys here that we're going to be talking to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we have um, the uh, baristas of coffee uh, from Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> or is that baristas, <laughs> or is it barista? I, I never get that right. I don't know. Yeah, but anyhow. We'll go with baristas, baristas yeah. yeah. I want to uh, welcome everybody to uh, the coffee uh, talk hour here because <laughs> I love coffee. Okay, every morning. So do I. Even if I'm not supposed to drink it. He knows. I love it too. So that's why I'm so happy to no, have these guys here. I mean, I go and I grind my beans uh, for a double espresso and I He's not kidding. You know, oh, nice. uh, pound it in and then I take it and I put a little bit of sugar in the thing and I make my coffee. So whenever I have coffee guys around, I absolutely uh, love it. I'm in heaven. So uh, I want to welcome uh, Tim and Brett Larson from Opus Coffee to our show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Yeah, glad to be here. So I'm Tim. Um, we started Opus Coffee in 2002 when we moved up to Gainesville, Florida, especially to start the business. Hi, and uh, my name's Brett. Uh, Tim, Tim's my older brother. Uh, and again, yeah, we, we, moved, we moved here from, from Miami just to start, the, uh, start a coffee business. And yeah. 18 years later, we're So how do you like, how do you like living and working in Gainesville? You've been here a while, so I guess you've uh, kicked the tires. You know what it's like. Uh, how's that been working out for you? Yeah, well, you know, uh, so the first several years when you get up here, you, like everyone, they only think they're going to be here for a few years. Mm. But now... Um, <laughs> been going on 18 years uh we love it um in the middle of gator country nature is not far away um sports small business we love it all so yeah. how so. did you wind up picking Gainesville? so um our part-time job in the late 90s early 2000s was at a coffee shop in south miami hospital and then one day uh we looked at each other we knew we could start our own um, shortly thereafter, we made proposal books and just took a road trip. So we dropped off proposal books mm -hmm. at uh, a lot of the different hospitals around Florida, a lot of the larger ones. But it just so happens that when we stopped in Gainesville, Florida, UF Health was looking for 
a coffee company to open in the exact time that we dropped off the proposal book. So it was only a few months later, we packed up everything in the U-Haul and drove up from Miami and opened up. So, wow. yeah. Every, all of our equipment was in our parents' garage, so they yep. were happy to see us go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, it's about time now to leave. Um, Great. My dad was crying. My kids are leaving, but I have my garage back. Yeah, so. exactly. I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, people don't realize how big the UF health system is oh, and mm -hmm. how, much, how much they need coffee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's gotten, it just it seems like exponentially a <laughs> bit larger since we've opened. So, um, I mean, now we have six coffee shops in UF Health buildings as well. And we, um, we also roast all of our own coffee and we roast about 2,000 pounds of coffee a so week. So you, you actually take the raw beans and yep. you roast them. You, you're not importing, you know, pre-roasted beans. You're doing everything here in Gainesville. Right. And, and yeah, the, the, the coffee that you're drinking at our locations are roasted about three days, two days, um, two days ago, which is very unusual in a lot of these coffee shops and, and yep. such. And a lot of them. I mean, you have coffee sent over by mail. Ours is literally three, comes three blocks away from our roasting facility, so. You know, I, I understand there's a certain prime uh, sweet spot as far as when to, you know, make the coffee, when mm -hmm. to roast it, and, mm -hmm. and what what's the, uh, you know, time frame from the time that you roast coffee until it uh, should be uh, drank. Yeah, no, you, you touched on a very good point. There is a thing where coffee is too fresh. Um, when, it, when it comes from the roaster, you, you, you want to let it rest. You want to let it degas. Um, and a lot of times, the, the kind of like with wine, you let right. it breathe. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and so specifically, you, you really want to let it sit for about two to three days uh, before you even grind the coffee. Mm. Um, because there's a point where if you, if you grind the coffee, uh, or if you make a, um, a coffee drink, it'll start bubbling up, it'll start degassing, and this, it won't taste right because some of the flavors haven't, haven't developed. So um, so about, about two, two to three days, I'd maybe, maybe let the coffee rest. Um, and then when it's whole bean, you, you can drink it up to, I mean, our coffee is pretty much off the, like all drink pretty quickly, but 14, 15, two to three weeks. Um, what if it's Maximum. vacuum sealed? Yeah. Does that make a difference? Yeah, I mean, vac vacuum sealed obviously um, does make a difference. I mean, there's two things that coffee hates: it's air <laughs> and light. So, uh, so it's important that you vacuum seal, remove, move all all the air as well as uh, keep it in a dark dark cupboard as well. So you know, I've heard that some there's some coffee shops. Um, I think Starbucks, and uh, I've heard you know they they'll say oh. Uh, well, they over roasted, or they roasted and too much. I think they do, but what do you say? Yeah, yeah I mean, they. Uh, I Go think, ahead. I, <laughs> no, I, I think they do, but they also have. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of a lot of their customers really like the darker roasted coffees, and and, and and I think that's that's what gravitates towards them. We we very rarely do we roast our coffee <laughs> that dark. Um, they also, it's been said too, they roast that dark as well um, for uniformity between all of their coffee shops okay. too. So they roast out a lot of the flavors. Yeah. Well, like, let me ask you something because this is what's been on my mind. And just to give you a plug that you well deserve, I've been drinking your coffee. I've been to several of your locations. I've been to the one at the Spring Hill UF Health Hospital, and it's great. I, I love Opus Coffee. I love what you guys are doing locally. What, though, motivated you to get into a business that obviously is very competitive? I mean, even in 2002, maybe that was before all these unique specialty coffee shops became so popular, but 
obviously there were tons of coffee out there. What made you think that you could do something better and different from the rest? <laughs> well, uh, I I was 20, my brother was 22 yeah. at the time, so, so maybe we, it was... Uh, <laughs> needed a job with some coffee. Yeah, you know, um, exactly. the research to about whether to start a coffee shop probably took about four minutes. Um, we knew that... I was thinking four months. We were, four minutes was great. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, well, we knew that um, in, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, and the... Like Starbucks was already in existence, of course, but Barney's and all these Barney's. Others, yes, know. exactly. Yeah. But they, they weren't in these these niche spots like um, you have can't like the campuses and uh, medical facilities or anything like that. And so we had an in we had um, we had an in with UF Health and we knew how to run a business like that. And so that's just what we decided to do. We knew that the capital investment was lower and therefore like the risk was lower, too. So. Turns out you also don't have to fix broken air conditioners or clean bro uh, bathrooms. So yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. So, yeah. I liked it. Yeah. So, so that in, when you were in South Florida, Miami, I think yes. you were working in a hospital in a coffee shop setting, mm -hmm. right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. It was a coffee shop in South Miami Hospital. That was right. And yeah. so you go, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a niche that I might be able to. That's correct. To, yeah. To yeah. And I see that you don't just sell coffee. You guys do have loose leaf teas. And I'm reading here from your bio that you, in fact, are one of the first companies to not just brew, but also keg your own nitro own cold brew, as you call it. So maybe explain that. Yeah. So um, similar similar to a Guinness, uh, we, we actually uh, a cold brew coffee where, where it's, it's just we um, we basically ground a coffee really coarse. We, we add cold water to it, stick it in the mm. refrigerator for about 18 to 20 hours. Yeah, but so it saturates like overnight, yeah. like fully in the, um, in the grinds. And then, and then we filter it. We, we have a special, filtra filter it. Sp special filtration <laughs> system. And, and then we put in kegs and we actually yeah. uh, have um, keg readers at each of our locations. Uh, we have it on tap. It kind of comes out similar to like a, uh, like a Guinness where it's cascading and, and it's, it's very bubbly. It's, and then at a couple of locations, yep. we make specialty drinks. Um, specialty um, nitro drinks. Concoctions, yeah. yeah. So one yeah. we have is we do, it's called, um, well, we call it something different in several locations. So, but one of them, it's, it's called the Panama Go. And what it is, it's Panama a, Go. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Go ahead. And so it's half, um, it's half nitro cold brew, half fresh lemonade, huh? pineapple, and a cherry. And um, it's the most <laughs> one of the most good. amazing yeah. things you've ever had. It's unusually uh, refreshing. It, it's yep. it's you taste it and you're like, wow, this. It's like an all normal, but with coffee instead of tea. So that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Do any of your uh, beverages have alcohol in them? So um, take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, we we have paired up with First Magnitude, and we and we have done a, a, a coffee beer with them. Um, a couple a of coffee times. beer. A yeah. Coffee beer. Um, That's going to be popular in this town. And, trust me. And, and then as well as there's a um, uh, Madrinas. TJ over at Madrinas yeah. has a has a coffee cocktail as well with with our coffee, which is yeah. uh, delicious. Well, well good. Well, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Morning I and mean, night. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it, too. well, I mean, you know, um, one kind of gets you up, and the other kind of brings you down, and. You know, so you're flying, uh, you know, balanced, exactly. Right? Yeah. I was asking you guys this before we, we started. Um, some of us might be on diets that require a low acid coffee, you know. So do you have a product that would be uh, yeah, suitable so, for people in such a situation? Yeah. So 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 the nitro cold brewed because it's, it's cold brewed where it doesn't really touch the hot water. Um, it it 
basically the, the hot water brings out the acidity mm -hmm. in the coffee, but because the, it doesn't touch any of the, the hot water, it's only cold water, a lot of the acidity stays in, in the grounds. Uh, so the natural cold brew will actually bring, it, it's less acidic, it's a very smooth taste, so it doesn't have any of the acidity notes that, that people may, may not necessarily want. Okay. Well, that's great. I, uh, so at home, I have uh, one of these, uh, I think you pronounce it, Breville. Um, coffee okay, makers, right? Oh, yes! Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. It's a nice and, one, trust me. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm always, you know, looking at the, you know, the pressure meter Correct. and how all that. Give me some tips. Like, what are, what are some inside tips as far as how to make my coffee better? So you're, so do you steam milk as well at, home, at your house? My again? wife does. Okay. I, I okay. The, um, do you, what, what is your pressure meter? What, what does it go to? I don't know the number of it, okay. but I know if it goes to the middle or to okay, the okay. Yeah. yeah, so I, in, in my opinion, yeah. fre fresh coffee beans, don't buy anything at the store. Buy, buy something at, at our coffee shop. Um, our beans will just taste better, and your coffee machine will, will like it a lot more. Yeah, ideally you're looking for something around nine bars of pressure in the machine, which it's hard for, uh, it's difficult for home machines to get that high of, um, that much of a pressure. So. As high as you can before your machine blows up, as I would say, is the correct pressure. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Guys, guys, we got to take a break in just a minute. This is a great gotcha. conversation. I, I love your coffee. I love your energy. And one thing we're going to talk about when we come back after the break is the Fourth Avenue Food Park in Gainesville. The instrumental role that your company has had in, in rebuilding an area and just making it very, very vital and lively. So, we're going to talk about that after the break. You are watching Meldon Law and Friends, a weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law and this man, Jeffrey Meldon. <laughs> we are in our sixth decade of operation. We started, he started practicing in the early 70s. Our primary practice areas are personal injury law as well as criminal defense cases. Please uh, take a look at our website, www.meldonlaw.com. We also have a week, a monthly newsletter that we put out. Give our office a call, one 800 373-8000. You don't have to be a client. We'd be happy to put you on our newsletter list. Lots of great information, much like this. You know, it's friendly. We have recipes. We have puzzles. Lots of useful information about the COVID crisis and many other things. And also, um, we have a weekly radio show that uh, we want you to check out as well. It's live on the World Wide Web. You can go to, it's WSKYFM 97.3, their website out of Gainesville. We are on at 10.30 every, sun, every Saturday morning, Jeffrey, myself, and others talking about uh, personal injury cases, insurance, many other things. We'll be right back with Meldon Lawn Friends. I've done mornings here on Sky Radio for 17 years. Jeffrey Meldon started doing his weekend show here 16 years ago. One of the things that separates Jeffrey is I don't see him out there hollering for people's business. I see him out there investing in the community. He's touched a lot of lives, and a lot of it he'll never know what a difference he made in somebody's life about information that he has shared on the air. I was riding as a passenger in my friend's vehicle. A fellow ran a stop sign and we T-boned him had neck and shoulder and knee injuries and didn't know what to do and I had remember seeing one of Jeffrey's ads so I gave him a call he explained everything to me I'd go see him and everything was done everything was taken care of don't waste your time with anybody else go see Jeffrey hello and welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends your weekly podcast brought to you by Meldon Law a statewide law firm 
with its primary office in Gainesville, also with an office in South Florida, covering the entire Tri-County South Florida area from Miami-Dade County through Broward County through Palm Beach County, and also with an office, a full-time staffed office in Marion County in Ocala. We've been talking with some pretty cool guys. Uh, <laughs> the Larson brothers, Tim and Brett Larson, who are the owners of Opus Coffee in Gainesville. We've been, they've been giving us tips on how to brew the perfect cup of coffee. They've been telling us their story. But one thing I want to dive right into, guys, is you have been a very integral part of this whole 4th Avenue food park in Gainesville, revitalizing that area, partnering with other food companies. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was, uh, we started roasting coffee actually in 2009, um, if we take it back a second. And then um, in 2012, we were notified that the building we were roasting out of was going to be demolished for development. So we realized we needed a more permanent space to bring our roasting company so this wouldn't happen again. So we found this old building between UF and downtown. And we knew in time that it was going to be, uh, you know, it was going to be centrally located. And development was going to move east from UF and west from downtown. So we knew that in the future it was uh, ideally located. So we bought that in 2012. In 2014, we purchased the property next to us. So then we had two acres in this ideal area, mm -hmm. but it was very blighted at the time, even still, um, which was probably actually the only reason why we could afford it. Um, <laughs> so it was, it was, good it was like, yeah. <laughs> buy low, sell yeah. high, right? <laughs> so there was a lot of blight, but we knew that, um, we wanted to keep the buildings as they were, keep it scalable. And we wanted to create a space for local food companies to come in and have a chance because as buildings were getting knocked down, they were getting priced out of the larger developments. So we helped renovate a lot of the earlier tenants that moved in. And we landscaped. It took several years um, to just get everything going. And what we created what was called the Fourth Avenue Food Park. Mm -hmm. um, has seven tenants now, all food companies. And it is uh, just a hopping place it every is. day yeah. for lunch yeah. and in on weekends too. So. so, and who are some of the other tenants? I know there's uh, the Sausage Company, and yeah. Why don't you tell us who they are? So, Fahrenbacher Sausage. They do. Um, they make everything in house, and right. they have sausages and lunch. Um, then we have, well, our coffee company. So our coffee company, that's where we roast. Um, we have Baker Baker, which is a local bakery. Mm -hmm. um, Satchel's Pizza opened their new concept, Satch Squared. Which I, didn't, is, I didn't know that. Yeah. They've got a location uh, there. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Satchel's has been here forever. Yeah. yeah. So that's their uh, Detroit-style pizza. <laughs> Detroit-style. So um, good. It's, check it's, that out. So well, if yeah. you know, Satchel used to work at Leonardo's 706, yes. right? Yep. And that was Chicago-style pizza. <laughs> yeah. So he figured he'd do his Detroit-style <laughs> pizza. Um, we have Sublime Tacos. Right. They're um, great, too. Humble Wood Fire, just bagels there. And then we have the Opus Coffee 1976 Airstream, which we sell coffee out of. Okay. So, How'd you come up with the Airstream idea? So the goal, we, we were going to put a shipping container, build a, uh, um, a coffee shop in a shipping container. But the city, the, the list of things that we were going to be required to do from the city was um, about uh, four pages too long. So <laughs> we decided to get something on wheels so we, wouldn't have, we, could, uh, okay. so we didn't have to go through all the development process. So it's mobile. Um, so it's yeah. mobile, yeah. So why don't you tell yeah. everybody, the viewers, where can people get a cup of coffee? a great cup of Opus coffee, and where can people buy the product, buy the beans? So um, if, if you visit any of our stores, you can get, get the product or beans. But also um, the best place to order coffee, like especially whole bean coffee, is opuscoffee.com. 
Um, or you can find it at restaurants around town. So um, we did lose a few of the restaurants in the pandemic, but the top, Papa Top, um, Madrina's, Daybreak, The Leaning Pig, First Magnitude Beers, and um, the future Spurrier's restaurant as well. Um, <laughs> I heard a rumor about that. that. Yeah. I just want to bring it up, but I heard this rumor. I thought it was confirmed. So, okay. yeah. 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 Well, I think it's great, though, because, you yeah. know, we had the head ball coach on here just a couple of weeks ago, and I know mm -hmm. he's very committed to supporting local vendors and local products. I think that's terrific. If that happens, yep. that's wonderful. Yeah. It's perfect. And you guys also have a food park, right? There's a place where during the week people can go and say a little bit more, and maybe I missed that. So that's what the Fourth Avenue food okay. park is. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what the fourth. Yes, okay. exactly. That's what you meant. Yeah. Um, and of course, the the different UF Health locations, correct? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what are some of the um, some of your favorite uh, beans? Your favorite roast that so, uh, you sell the most of, and people really rave about? Yeah. So we wow. Um, that's a great question. I, I like them all. So, <laughs> yeah. so, um, I, so I'll jump in. I, I really like our, our, our uh, medium to medium dark. And so, um, I really like the blends more than usually the origin coffees, the origin coffees. Um, they are sometimes more flavorful or they'll have distinguishing qualities, gotcha. but, um, with the blends, those are balanced out. So I really like the Misty Mountain and the Swamp Coast blend. Misty Mountain. Did you yeah. name that after a Led Zeppelin song? Uh, Misty no Mountain. No comment. So, so, so. Sounds good to me. Origin means it would be like, this is, you know, a sing from a single region. Yeah. And that's only correct. one bean in it. Yes. And then yeah. the blends would be, uh, you know, a mixture of different, yeah. uh, or Origin coffees. Yes. Correct. That's correct. But so, so when you go to the store, you see Ethiopian. Would that necessarily uh, be a blend versus an origin so, coffee? So that's a, so I, that's um, that's a great question. So <laughs> if, if you go there and you see, you see an Ethiopian coffee, a lot of times it's this coffee maybe pulled from a whole bunch of different farms all right. throughout the country. Uh, a lot of times, what you see a little bit further, I see Ethiopia Yergashef. Um, that means it's it's from it's from the region of, of Ethiopia. So, um, oh, your question earlier, one of my favorite coffees is from Ethiopia. Um, it's this, uh, Ethiopia Yirgacheff Beloya, which is actually even it goes out even further from um, from the Yirgacheff. It's an even smaller smaller city, I guess you can say, uh, which which is a little bit of a lighter roast. It's, it's delicious, but um, yeah, a lot of times you you want to see like the words that are following like Ethiopia. Everybody has an Ethiopia coffee bean, right. but it's just a matter mm -hmm. of where in Ethiopia is it from? And then even that, how much further can you go to actually pinpoint the exact spot? So it's like from? a lot like wines in France. I mean, champagne can only be from a certain district. That's and, correct, yes. And right. within yeah. that district, they even have, you know, certain premier uh, crew, you know, vintages that come out of the champagne district. So what you're saying is coffee's the same way. Exactly. Yeah, that is exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Uh, for several years in a row, we haven't done the past few years. We actually purchased all of the coffee from one farm in Honduras. Um, so he had, I believe, three pallets. Oscar Omar Alonzo. Yeah, I don't remember his last name, <laughs> but Omar Alonzo. Okay. We bought all of his coffee. Um, it was it was probably a thousand pounds of green mm -hmm. coffee and. Um, yeah, so we supported that farmer exactly, but it was, um, it was from that hillside, that farm, um, and there was going to be no other coffee in the world that had that same, 
um, like just the environment that that coffee came from. Yeah. So and and and, that, and not only blends, we we also want to have some of the unique coffees too that maybe you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And so and so that's why having blends is pretty cool where you, where you can mix different coffees, but also having a single origin coffee where you can like pinpoint exactly where it's from. Um, so if I'm making an espresso in the morning, what do you recommend from Opus? Um, I so we have a specific espresso blend which which we created. Um, to create this nice chocolatey notes to it, uh, a, a little bit of acidity up front, but then the the dark chocolate notes are kind of uh, come towards towards mm -hmm. the end of the cup. Super smooth. Um, you can drink it by itself, or you can add a little bit of milk for for a little bit mm -hmm. of a like a latte or a macchiato for balance. So let me ask um, you guys this. I think we talked about this too before we went on the air. What if people, you know, given the times we're going through with the pandemic and so forth, they want to order? They want to order product to their home. Can you do that? Uh, mail order. Can you do local deliveries? What do you do? So that is correct. So yeah, so if you, it's all through the website. So opuscoffee.com, you can order any of our coffees, including um, starting subscriptions, um, but we'll ship anywhere throughout the United States. And we'll also home deliver any of the coffees um, in Alachua County. Okay. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. What about businesses? We talked a little bit about that too. If a business were to reach out to you and say, we want our own brewing station, how, how would you set that up? Uh, so the, on our website, there's a wholesale form, or they would just send us an email through the website as well. Yeah. So we can, yeah, we that's the way to do work, it. Work with companies, set them up with equipment, uh, set them with uh, with high quality. I coffee, think we need to know? think. About <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know because in our office, you know. Um, we've got a Nespresso and a K-Cup. Okay. I know, that's the evil yeah. word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, and, and, and at home, right, I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, having great, great uh, coffee. But when I go to the office, eh, yeah. it's not as good. Uh, not well, as good. It sounds like Let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. Do you like very alert, high-producing employees? Yes. Well, what are you waiting <laughs> for? <laughs> I got it. I got it. And, and it's kind of a nice break when they take a, you know, a few minutes correct. break. Yeah. Maybe have them actually learn how to make the, uh, you know, roast. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it, grind it. Grind yeah. The collegial yeah. spirit. Do the we'll whole thing. Coffees yeah. Exactly. I like that. So what do you guys, I have to ask, what's your opinion on the K-Cup? All right, don't be politically correct. Tell us what you think. <sighs> <laughs> so a lot of it, um, t a lot of it tastes stale. Um, I agree. Um, that is, a, you know, it's very convenient, but mm -hmm. it tastes, uh, you know, like I said, stale and um, it tastes, just tastes very... Uh, it's bland. No depth. Yeah, yeah, you know when it's roasted. And, and honestly, you don't know when the last time anyone cleaned that machine, the K-Cup machine, because I feel like nobody has oh, actually yeah, cleaned yeah, that machine. That. So you don't know what type of water is going through there. When we get back. <laughs> so it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, right. I don't know. I well, I, I, you know, uh, during the holiday season, I think I need to give my team a gift. Okay, a really you heard nice it here, folks. Gift bags, gift bags yeah. for every MPS, yeah. exactly for every client as well. Yeah, yeah. they do you that. Know, look, maybe, maybe we can have, we do. have a custom the, uh, label. There we go. You know, Melden Law Coffee. We could. Okay, yeah. that would be awesome. The attorney okay. down the street's doing it. Okay, I always like to be first. We'll tell them no that. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I am so happy you've been here. Again, I appreciate very much. Everybody, take a look at opuscoffee.com on the World Wide Web. Check out this great product. I'm vouching for it. I drink it. It's terrific. 
Again, we want to thank Shane Matthews, who was on the show earlier. We've had a great show, Jeffrey. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we're all excited about uh, tomorrow. We got the SEC championship game. And we sure do. You know what? Um, we're in the game. We're in the game. So, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't care, you know. I'm, I'm you thrilled. Know. I think Kyle still has a chance to, you know, redeem himself for maybe a little bit of an off week. And uh, the team as a whole, though, I think that's what we're all hoping for. They'll pull through. Yeah, I, well, I'll definitely be watching the game, and uh, me, I'm me excited. Too. want to remind everybody you have been watching Meldon Law and Friends, a service of Meldon Law. Please take a look at our website at www.meldenlaw.com. Our primary practice areas are personal injury cases, auto cases, big truck cases, trip and fall, slip and fall. And we also handle criminal defense cases, DUI cases, and other felonies and misdemeanors. Give us a call anytime, statewide, toll-free at 1-800-373-8000. Call us. We'll put you on our newsletter list. It's a great newsletter. It's like this. It's fun. It's loose. has a lot of great info in it. And uh, we've got our final show of the week next week, I think. That would write. It'll be final show of the year. Of the year. The year. I'm, yeah. I'm stumbling all over the place today. It's the end of the year well, thing. Need some coffee. Final? Yes, I do. <laughs> You're right. Well, well, let's give a shout out to our games. What do we say? We at say the at the end of every radio show Go Gators! Gators! Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thanks, guys.